Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, what, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic, I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. There's HBO hot, where it's like, you watch it, and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland. On Saturdays, about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Funnier. Sportsier. More Labradoodles. On 1080, The Fan. Hey, welcome to Hour 2. No astronaut today. Luke Anderson's out. I don't know how to proceed after that open. Yeah. Six million dollar man. Was the lead in that? Lee Majors. Well, Lee Majors was the lead. Yes. As both, both Steve Austin and, of course, my personal favorite, too, the Fall Guy. The Fall yeah. Guy what did Lee Majors do after that? Did he have to work after that? I don't believe so. You know, once you're co-starring with Heather Thomas and, yeah, Marky Post. <laughs> your, your, your frame of reference for pop culture is very, it, there is a cutoff. Yeah, I'm well, noticing this about you. Yeah, I was a child of the 80s, you yeah. know. I, to me, see, I, I try to get with the old stuff, and I try to get with the new stuff as well. Oh, the Fall Guy was my favorite when I was a kid. Oh. Like, I had the Fall Guy, the Dukes of Hazard, of course. Dukes of Hazard were yeah. good. Oh yeah. Well, hour one's in the books. Here's hour two. If you want to listen back to hour one, Les Schwab Tires podcast, that'll be up after the show. Thank you for um, reminding me. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. I, Luke always goes, oh, yeah, it's online. You see, now this is going to ruin the allure. He goes, oh, it's online. Go online. Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com. I, I never put that up there. I'm doing all this other stuff, and then he wants to talk to me. It's like I'm doing my job, dude. Why are you talking to me? Um, we're going to talk about the Mavericks. We talked a little bit about the Mavericks in the good versus evil segment, but... The bigger story that came out this week was the fact that Sports Illustrated released an explosive report saying that Dallas Mavericks former owner, or I'm sorry, former team president, president termed Dema Ussery. Am I getting that? Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. That's his name. Terdema Ussery. Uh, say the former CEO. Yeah. He fostered a sexually aggressive work culture while being the president of the Mavericks. 
Uh, one of the quotes from this, which was uh, alarming, was uh, talking about initially, or I'm sorry, uh, at the very beginning of the article, they were talking about this uh, reporter or somebody that was working at the Mavericks who sat down to have a meal uh, with Usri and uh, ESPN crew members were there. This is a little part of the article. At this meal with ESPN crew members seated nearby, Usri struck up an unusual conversation. As the woman recalls the exchange, Usri claimed that he knew what she was going to do over the coming weekend. When the woman asked confusedly what Usri meant, he smiled. Quote, you're going to get... Can I say that on the radio? Uh, I'm going to play it safe and let's say no. G-banged, he asserted. Aren't you? No, the woman responded, caught off guard. Actually, I'm going to the movies with friends. No, Usri insisted. You're definitely getting G-banged. Now, I'm going to plead ignorance on that one and say, is, is that frowned upon in the workplace? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how you get fired. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy kept his job. Right? And For a long time. For a long time. This story is from, I think, like, 04. Yeah. He, well, he was. I think he was there for close to 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but he did great things for the club. I mean, their revenue stream just jumped off. But he just was a colossal a-hole behind the scenes. Yes. And so it begs the question. I mean, there's a lot more to talk about this in terms of just how sports is detracting women to actually work in sports themselves. I think one of the quotes in the article was talking about how uh, one of the women said, you know, and you're surprised there's not more women working in sports. Really? Right. Like, well, yeah, of course, when you have this type of thing to go up against. No, yeah. I wouldn't want to work in that. No. One of the other women that worked in the uh, area had said in the article that, you know, actually when I went into the locker room, it was a bit of a sanctuary because the players knew how to treat people. They were, you know, respectable human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, but she said, once I got up to my desk, there was just this type of male sexually driven culture where I felt threatened all the time. This relates to a poll that we put up at the start of the show at Center and Saint 1080. Regarding the SI article dealing the, or I'm sorry, detailing the Dallas Mavericks work environment, what do you think Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, what do you think his role was? So 6% of you say he knew nothing. 17% of you say he was doing subtle crisis management behind the scenes. 24% said it was a full-on cover-up and 53% said he was willfully ignorant. And I don't believe that. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, who is pretty much involved in everything, who's yeah. done every single stunt imaginable and possible, who sits on the sidelines or in the seats very close to every single game mm -hmm. and who does every publicity stunt known to man to promote his team would not know that his team president was fondling women. Yeah, there's no way he didn't know. That guy, no. he, he knows everything that goes on in that organization. He's, he's as hands-on as, as you get. And so that's where, yeah, I think willfully ignorant. He, he knew about it, but just turned a blind eye. And now, you know, now he's just trying to do damage control, saying, yeah. oh, I didn't know about this. Well, BS, Mark, of course you knew about this. Yes. There's he no way you didn't know. About it. Well, and then they go and ask Dirk Nowitzki about it. And I guess now I have to kind of think about, well, did the players know? And I think about Dirk Nowitzki, and I think if he knew, and the only reason I say that is because Dirk Nowitzki, more than any other player in the NBA, I guess you could say Kobe, uh -huh. and I'm sure there's some others you could list off. Of course, LeBron James are so integrated into the program because they've been there for so long, mm -hmm. and they're so much the identity of who that team is. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks are nobody without Dirk Nowitzki. If right. he retires tomorrow, uh, I, they're going to become like the Orlando Magic. I will never think of them again. Yeah. 
You that, know, I, yeah, you'd have to think he'd know. As far as the players, I feel like that's a much more like insular group that they're not necessarily privy to the everyday goings on in the offices. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I mean, they're not when they show up to work, they go at the practice court. You know, they're not going and they're not they're not sitting down in a cubicle. But you don't think they have office. like a relationship with some of the women? I mean, I'm not saying a romantic relationship. Right, I'm no, just saying a work relationship. Yeah. Yeah. With some of the personal, women in there. Yeah. That like, you know, at some point one of them would come up and go, you know, hey, I, I you know, I'm I'm feeling horribly uncomfortable about this. Right. I don't know. And maybe I am off on that. Maybe the players are so separated that, you know, that that's not their role there. But I would figure Dirk Nowitzki would be so ingrained into that program that he would know something too. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to figure for somebody that's been there, what is he, eighteen years? Yeah. Something like that. That maybe at some point, you know, at a what a company Christmas party, something along those lines, you know, the season wrap party, whatever. You think that, Dirk goes to their Christmas party? Yeah, you know, it, I, I bet you he he participates in the ugly sweater contest. I could see that. <laughs> just but ugly you know, hair. It, it, I, I think outside of, I feel like just the, I think the players are insulated enough from regular goings on of of, a, of the business side that maybe they didn't know. I could be completely na- naive in in my view of what goes on in a professional sports franchise. Guess, yeah. guess what? I I don't I don't work in one. You and me both. Uh, but isn't it fun to speculate, right? I mean, you, so, you, we could just make up anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Damn it. Um, Mavericks beat writer, and this is the only reason I go to the players first because you know we can talk about Cuban all day, and really it's it comes down to it of like when what did he know when, and you know was he doing the crisis management and anything. This is the cl- connection I make with the players though was that they also mentioned another guy in this article. His name was Mavericks beat writer Earl K. Sneed. Uh, he was highlighted in it, and they talked about him that he uh, had kind of attracted Mark Cuban in that he you know, sought him out, was very much about saying, hey, I want to work for the Mavericks. I want to work in professional sports journalism. So Cuban hired him, and then a couple years later, he became the main beat writer for the team. Well, it turns out he had some problems of his own in terms of domestic violence. He had uh, had an issue where he was beating up his girlfriend. They put him on leave. He came back. He had an issue where there was a domestic violence complaint at the facility. Yeah. Uh, and then he was dating a Mavericks staff member. They made it known, but then uh, allegedly he hit her in the face. And it wasn't until very much later that he was let go. Yeah. And I guess that's why I go to the players is because this dude's your beat writer. Like, right. you know, uh, Casey Hodal, the right for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. You would think Casey Hodal is pretty well connected within the players that they know his life and he knows theirs. Yeah, most right? likely. Yeah, cool. Because I think even, I mean, I believe that he travels you know with the team on the plane yeah you know so i mean yeah that like they know as much about him as he knows about them and i feel like if this guy's been your beat writer for they said something like five six years you'd know something's up well i want to say he was uh, i could be off the mark here but i want to say he was even rehired at some point yes. after the allegations and 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 i i will say from what i've seen mark cuban at least said hey you know what i made a mistake i shouldn't have rehired the guy so to me, you know, that's not making it right, but at least he's acknowledging a wrongdoing there. Yeah, and that you know, you, you can, obviously you can't go back and change it now, but at least he's at least he's acknowledging wrongdoing in in that regard and bringing the guy back on after domestic violence allegations and cases. And it, 
I guess, you know, it, at that point, is he just picking his battles, though, too? You know what well, I mean? Well, and I think where he missed more than anything was that he said uh, his statement after it, it really didn't mention anything about the women who were who were harassed. It was more about the team and how the allegations themselves he had no idea about and just was like, this can't happen. You know, I'm, I'm going to take swift action about this, whatever. There was really no thoughtful mention of the women who were harassed saying, you know, I want to put saying something like, you know, hey, I, I want to put my heart out to them. I'm so sorry this happened under my watch. That's not what I intended. I had no idea. That's on me. I'm yeah. so sorry. Try to introduce measures to yes. keep things like this from happening again. And yeah, it seems that they've kind of fallen flat there. And I feel like this is going to be that NCAA story too, where it's going to get buried for a little while. More information is going to come out a couple months and then we're going to see the real ugliness of it. Uh, text line, uh, Lee Majors was married to Farrah Fawcett. What else in life does he need? Why did Farrah Fawcett marry Lee Majors? He was the $6 million. Lee Ma he was a big deal, man. Was he really? Yeah, he was a big deal. I feel like Farrah Fawcett could have done better than Lee Majors. Lee, Ma I, Lee Majors was a handsome man. I didn't take a look at him. He's probably ugly now because he's old. You know, yeah. Nobody <laughs> looks that great in their 70s. No. Except for... Uh, Dick Clark looked all right. Yeah, George Hamilton. He did George okay. Hamilton yeah. looked good, but he's kind of he's kind of leathery like a baseball glove. Yeah, you get enough work done, you can look kind of hot. Yeah. into your seventies, right? I mean, you know, Sean Can Sean Connery. He's a handsome man. He's got to be. Is he eighty now? I don't know. Sean Connery. Eh, I'm just taking a look at Lee Majors here. Um, yeah, Lee Majors is seventy eight now. Uh, there's also a, let's see. Oh God. Lee Majors looks great. Good Lord. Sean Connery, 87. Wow. See, this is what it is. This is why you get a 401k is that you can save up enough money that when you start looking like crap, you can get enough work done that you look great. And this is, this goes back to this whole Facebook thing I was talking to you about earlier was that, you know, when you're 70 and you put photos like this, I'm looking up Lee Majors on Google Images. When you put up photos like this, people are going to be jealous. Yeah. And you don't need to respond to them. You just show them the picture and Lee let Majors them know. Lee Majors was that, a handsome man. Yeah. You let them know that your life sucks and I'm Lee Majors and I had $50,000 put into my face. Yeah, he's hot. Um, I'm also looking at pictures of him uh, with Farrah Fawcett and they were a very cute couple. I, yeah. Yeah. That's probably a tough couple to beat in the day. Yeah. Those two. Yeah, they were a power couple. Weren't the 80s great? I think I was alive for two years of it. Coming up next, <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, let's see here. I'm going to get this damn computer going. Uh, oh, yeah, Kawhi Leonard. So this story is really interesting to me, the fact that Kawhi Leonard is uh, being so quiet and not backing up the Spurs, or at least that's what we think. Center and Saints on the fan. I'm looking at other uh, 80s couples, power couples. Because we're talking about the 80s. We were talking about Lee Majors and how he was the $6 million man. Also, I just discovered the show Fall Guy, which apparently he's a bounty hunter with a badass pickup truck. So says Jeff Rust. Um, I was looking at these other couples. Okay, so here you had, you had Christina Applegate and Brad Pitt, which I didn't know that they dated. And Brad Pitt, I, I mean, what's the over-under on how much work he's had done? Yeah, well, hey, hundred thousand. Sometimes you just win the genetics lottery too. Oh, hundred thousand dollars. How much you think? Uh, how much? How much Botox do you think he's had in his face? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, 
I wouldn't know where to start. Uh, Brooke Shields with George Michaels. Why didn't that not last? Wait, George. When well, I've got a guess, it's not working. I was trying to hit the jokes thing. Could you hit that, Jeff? Where? It's on uh, the second oh. page there. There we go. <laughs> George Michael is gay. Yeah, that's probably why. Or was. He's dead. Yes. Uh, let's see. Corey Feldman and Drew Barrymore. Corey Feldman was not hot. I don't know why this is on the page. Corey Feldman also was super interested in Michael Jackson impersonating. Yeah. That's which a- is weird. That to me just seems like it was, you know, just the popular kids of the day getting together. You know what I mean? You think, but, yeah, like maybe Drew's publicist was yeah. like, you know, E.T. was great, I mean, but we got to get with somebody that, that... And they both had their demons too. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. back then. Um, yeah. Jeez. That's a, uh, that's a weird relationship too. Uh, from the text line 55305, he's no Bruce Campbell. Oh, is this it? Okay, this is the fall guy. Here, hold on. Press pause, and then we'll play it again. So, Jeff, you're telling me that Fall Guy, the show with Lee Majors, the theme song was sung by Lee Majors? Yes. Are you? Do you know that for a fact? Yes. Why the hell is Lee Majors singing? Because the- he's Lee freaking Majors. All right, go ahead. Let's hear it. Time to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Sarah. I've never been. Wait a minute. He's just, he's, he's bragging about his prowess and his hot ladies. Wait, is this a show about bounty hunters? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, is this an action show? Does stuff blow up in it? Oh, there's the police siren. <laughs> He's just talking about women. These were a wonderful time. That's right. He was for yes. He was formerly a stunt double, a movie stunt double. Oh. Oh, he was a stunt man. See, he made me think he was a bounty hunter. Well, yeah. Well, he's a, at this point, you know, he was a retired Hollywood stuntman. Oh, he was retired. Yes. So this is a show about a retired Hollywood stuntman that gets with as many women as possible before yeah. his career ends. Yeah. What the hell were the '80s about? <laughs> is this what was popular in the '80s? Yes. Let me tell you, as a kid in the '90s, it was about Full House and Danny Tanner trying to take care of those damn kids, while that dog, Comet. Made a mess of things. And Dave Coulier was in that. Yeah, see, and Marky Post pre-Night Court days. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. See, you know what was so interesting? Here, cut that crap off. I hate that song. Um, you know what was so interesting about the uh, the 80s to me in terms of television? Was that it, it was just really all trash for the most part, right? Wasn't Dallas there? People's court. Oh, don't you don't you call Dallas trash? It, it was just women with a lot of money fighting each other in fountains. That's what I can surmise from it. <laughs> like they were always near fountains. Why? Yeah. And they always got wet and wild, and they're fighting. <laughs> and it was like it was like after the sixties and seventies when they tried to do things to get people's attention. Every TV executive finally figured out all we have to do is get two women near a fountain fighting with a lot of money. And very good-looking clothes, very respectable clothing, and people will watch. Yeah. 80s were a hell of a time, man. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and Sean Penn dated Madonna. Oh yes, yeah. That's a uh, yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> I wonder why that one didn't work out. <laughs> he was pretty stable too. He was. Um, somebody says on the text line, it was simpler back then. <laughs> it was simpler. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Everybody says that about their own decade. I say that about the 90s. Like, how simple is the uh, plot of Smart Guy? Right? Smart Guy? You remember Smart Guy with I, Taj Maori? No. He was a genius, and he was, uh, he was a genius prodigy, and he was, what, 10 or something? He was in high school. I don't remember that. I don't... But, Jeff, here's the catch. He's not very good at talking to people, <laughs> as you might imagine. Right? Socially awkward? Yeah. yeah. He's a smart guy, but he's not a suave guy. Hmm. That's odd. Never happens. Why can't I? Damn it. There we go. <laughs> okay. Um, God, we were supposed to talk about Kawhi Leonard, and then we started talking about hot people in the 80s. Because, in my opinion, everybody's hair sucked in the 80s. Oh, come on. You didn't love the feathery look? It was bad hair. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, wasn't that the end of the 70s, though? That was like Farrah Fawcett. And then you got to the 80s and yeah, everybody... Yeah, you, you had kind of the bridge there, late 70s to early 80s. Right, and, and then everybody yeah. discovered hairspray for some reason, and yeah. they just, just... Started doing the mall bangs. Yeah, and they're like, I'm just going to empty this can onto my head here. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and then Crimp the 90s, the everybody... Everything. What? Crimp the hell out of everything. Yeah. yeah. Get a perm. Go down to the mall. <clears throat> All right. Well, Kawhi Leonard, according to Greg Popovich, he won't even be surprised if Kawhi Leonard plays this season. Uh, he's been dealing with some, am I right, right quad issues? Yes. I think he's been cleared to play. Yes, he's been cleared to play by Spurs team doctors. And in fact, during the All-Star break, at which he didn't participate in, duh, uh, he was practicing at NBA headquarters in New York on their courts, um, which... To me, it's kind of this strange situation now where everybody's asking Kawhi Leonard, like, hey, are you, you know, how are you feeling about playing? Is there a rift between you and the Spurs? Because you seem like you're having different message streams. People aren't really all on the same page, and Kawhi Leonard's not really saying anything. And so this kind of begs the question of, he's available in free agency in 2019. Um, what do the Blazers have to do to get him? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can probably go ahead and skip that segment. <laughs> um how many photoshops does CJ McCollum have to do of Kawhi Leonard for him to take a pay cut to come here? <laughs> photoshop, I mean, like Kawhi in a Blazers jersey? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, like Kawhi, uh, with, Kawhi with Blaze or something. Or maybe do a head swap where you got Blaze's head on Kawhi's head and Kawhi's head on Blaze's head. I think they're both about the same size, aren't they? Sure. Uh, it actually does kind of speak to the whole 2019 free agency thing, though, because really, if he is available at that point, then if you're a Lakers fan, you're getting kind of stoked uh, because of the fact that you're worried Paul George might not come there. You're also kind of worried that uh, LeBron James might not come there because really he's got this new new younger squad in Cleveland, but he might want to stay. And again, yeah. I, I, I usually want to disagree with Luke on this, but I think there is some point to him saying, I want to stay in the East. I don't want to go out West and get beat in the semifinals by the Warriors. Right. But, you know, if you're the Lakers... Well, if that happens, you can guarantee you they'll do the, they'll do the reseeding oh, thing. yes, yeah. yes. Um, but, you know, if you're the Lakers right now, you're kind of looking at this situation and saying, mm, let's see mm. how this plays out. Because that's a friggin' good starting lineup if you can get Lonzo Ball, um, Leonard, Kyle Kuzma... 
uh, Chris Paul. See, Kawhi, or, oh, wait, why did I say Chris Paul? Paul George, mm -hmm. and then whoever the hell their center is. Kawhi Leonard doesn't seem like an LA type of guy to me. Yeah, but maybe he's the type of guy that would just be uh, kind of like pumped if, up about the idea of I don't know playing. Like if he were, I would see him more as a as a Clipper than a Laker. So you think he buys into the whole process then, huh? Like because you play for the Spurs for kind of less money. I know he gets paid a lot, but he right. he could get paid way more. So I mean, if he went into 2019 free agency, Kawhi Leonard at his best is probably one of the best five players in the league. Yeah. Solidly all around. He yeah. could get any number that but he, he wants. But he doesn't have like the persona of a superstar. No. That which is what makes this situation so friggin' weird yeah. is the fact that everybody wants to hear from Kawhi Leonard, why aren't you playing? But the dude doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. He's the quietest kid in class in the NBA. Yeah. He's that creepy quiet kid. Text line 55305. Myers would strive in Pop's system. Straight trade. I'll talk to my people and get it set up. Ryan. Do it. Can't we just leave Myers Leonard at the airport or something? Like I've talked about this before. Why why can't we just like during a road trip leave Myers I feel at bad the airport? For Myers Leonard. He gets so much. Crap. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, I realize, you know, that paycheck of his is making it easier to swallow, yes. but you know. Don't do that. He you know, why can't we leave him at the airport and just ignore his calls? <laughs> like, do you think we could do that? Just lock him out? I mean, you're still paying him. Yeah, that's fine. But like, I don't want to see him on the sidelines anymore when we're doing really well, like high fiving and doing. Of course, I think they're still paying Blazers legend uh, Anderson Verishow too. But oh god, yeah. yeah. Are we still paying Darius Miles? I think that might be done. Oh, but you know, could have fooled me. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think it, I, I think ahead to the point with the Los Angeles Lakers because Kawhi Leonard technically is a free agent. This now becomes a little bit interesting because everybody I think kind of assumed that once Lamarcus Aldridge got there, you go, okay, the core's reset. The San Antonio Spurs will be fine. Kawhi Leonard is your core. Lamarcus Aldridge is your secondary guy. They'll go to Europe and find another dude. They they always draft really well. They always kind of know how to get their personnel in place. But now your franchise guy might not be your franchise guy. I find it interesting. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. All right. Fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we got a break. Jonathan Martin. He is back in the news. If you remember, he was the one who was bullied by Richie Incognito while in Miami. Well, it looks like he might be doing a little bit of the bullying himself. Wow, this is nuts. It is 10.30. Who's this, Sticks? I'll just let this marinate for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Luke put this in. He's not here today. He's in Montana fishing. Um, God damn. Why does... Okay. Why in the 70s did everybody do uh, prog rock think that the first five minutes of every song has to just be nothing? Like, don't get me wrong. I love Pink Floyd, but mm -hmm. there's sometimes when a Pink Floyd comes uh, song comes on uh -huh. and I have to like turn it up really loud because I'm like, what's wrong with my car? Yeah. Why isn't it playing? <laughs> it's like, nope. It's 10 minutes of pianos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, hell. Domo arigato. <laughs> oh, geez. Jonathan Martin. Remember him? I do. He was, uh, he, well, he's back in the news. Uh, the former NFL offensive lineman who was famously bullied by Richie Incognito, which made him 
I think lose his job, but then he got another job with the Bills, and now everybody says he's a great guy. Yeah, when you're good, you can keep playing, you know? Um, Martin. He's one of the Pouncey brothers, too. Yeah, Mike Pouncey. Yeah, 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 Mike Pouncey was kind of beating up on him. Um, This week, uh, Jonathan uh, Martin posted a picture on Instagram of a shotgun with uh, quite a few shells and uh, with lettering saying, when you've, uh, or I'm sorry, when you're a bully victim and a coward, your options are suicide or revenge. He tagged uh, Mike Pouncey, um, Richie Incognito, the school he went to, which mm-hmm. apparently he got bullied at, and then somebody else. But then he also had hashtag uh, Harvard Westlake, which is the school, hashtag Miami Dolphins. Um, this guy obviously has. Uh, possibly a personality disorder. I'm sure he's depressed. Yeah. Uh, they actually had to s- close the school down. Yes, they weren't messing around. Yeah, and I don't blame them because this I don't is blame scary one stuff. Bit. No, this is really strange and scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what's interesting about the whole bully culture in the NFL, because it exists, and speaking as somebody who um, played college football not very well, you get bullied in college football too. Mm-hmm. And really there's a separation between if you can take it and if you can't take it. And honestly, if you're not that great, they will bully you because you really are of no use to anybody. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really that great the first two years. I got bullied a little bit, but I didn't really take much of it because I just said, well, that's it. That That's what this is. Yeah, There's nothing else I can really do about it when I'm older, because the same thing happened to me in high school. Uh-huh. And so I go, okay, it's going to be one, two years, whatever. Then when I'm older, you know, I'm not going to bully, but... Once I'm the upperclassman. Yeah, once I'm the upperclassman, it's over. Who cares? And maybe that was just the way I thought about it. But for a lot of these people, like Jonathan Martin, I think it just continued because he didn't have uh, maybe a support system with him to have a higher self-esteem to say, uh-huh. I don't have to do that. It's... I mean, one word, it's just... It's it's sad. Really. Yes. Uh, and you have to wonder if... This is a result of, you know, the things that he went through before or if if something like this was just always going to be on his horizon. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how he was treated by by teammates in the past. Well, now, what was the whole thing at Stanford, too? Because I thought he, he kind of got bullied at Stanford, too. I, I didn't go much into the whole Jonathan Martin thing. I thought I was so fixated on Richie Incognito when this story came out because mm-hmm. they did a whole – ESPN did a huge profile about Richie Incognito when that story came out a few years ago. And they talked about how it was this, um, it was this pattern uh, that he was displaying for quite a few years in his childhood of being extremely aggressive – uh, and bullying people, and it all started for him when he was very little because he got uh, bullied because of his weight. Yeah, and so it's this whole reciprocal thing where you know people project and they go, you know, that's the part of me that I hate. He probably looked at Jonathan Martin, saw that he was maybe slightly overweight, projected onto him, and go, that's the worst part of me. Yeah, that's the part I wish would go away. And now I'm going to just put everything I have into making that person feel bad, so maybe I don't have to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never thought about the whole Jonathan Martin side of it. Right. It's the the whole bullying thing to me is just kind of, I don't understand what possesses somebody to feel like they need to cut others down. And I realize that sounds, you know, kind of goody two shoes and whatnot, but it's, 
No, it's, it's not it's really. Not, yeah, it, it's not goody two shoes at all. It's I, not I think, hard. I don't think it's hard to go throughout your day and like you don't have to make an effort to not be an a hole. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that that should just come pretty early. You shouldn't. I mean, pretty easy. You 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 shouldn't have to to go out of your way to not be a jerk. Well, I think time and time again, and the question you're asking, it's not a bad question. It's not a goody two shoes. It's the basis of therapy. It's the basis of psychology for a lot of people in modern America because you have. You know, you have this point with the baby boomers that after the 1960s and 70s, they started to feel inadequate about themselves. And they basically said, you know, we lived in this whole, we lived in this whole generation of, you know, free sex, free love, drugs, rock and roll and everything about that. But then you had this older generation of people after World War II who looked down on them and said, you know what? Everything you did, it didn't matter at all in your 20s and 30s. And so they started to feel bullied. And so it started that whole cultural shift of people saying, well, if I'm going to feel bullied, then I got to make my kid not feel good about how, what he's doing. And so it really starts with the family to me. It starts with who in your family gave you that influence to then decide that you're going to cut people down and you're going to continue this lineage. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think the nature versus nurture discussion is something that's probably a bit beefy for, you know, a single radio segment. Um, for sports radio? Right, yeah. Uh, because you can see it both ways. You know, there are times where, you know, you see a person who's who's an a-hole and you see their family and what they came from. And you're like, okay, that, that makes perfect sense. I see it now. And then there are others that, that, you know, maybe just have fallen so far from the tree that, look, like I said, it's a discussion that, that there's no room for it here today, but yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Do you need farts to make you feel better? Good old farts. The farts are always funny. Yeah, I think, I think it was Louis C.K., the, the now disgraced Louis C.K. that once said, yeah. you don't have to be smart to find, to think farts are funny, but you have to be stupid not to. See, that's just good. See, that made you feel better about yourself. Yeah. There's a fart. Oh, everybody. Now we don't have to talk about bullying. <laughs> we can talk about farts. Um, from the text line, uh, we were talking about Myers Leonard too, trades. And also too, 553305, please text in what you'd be willing to give up along with Myers Leonard to get rid of Myers Leonard. Um, I had asked somebody on here. Um, they said, I don't want Myers Leonard on my spurs. Thank you very much. And then I said, are you sure? We'll throw in gift cards. And then this texter says, throw in a PS4 and you got a deal. Um, so all I have to do is what, what can I get? Like B-dubs? Like, okay. Do you think it would be reasonable? Maybe if we, Cheesecake Factory. Right? Do you yeah. think a team would take it if we said, here's Myers Leonard and 10 grand in Cheesecake yeah. Factory? Everybody factory loves Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And when you get there, uh, we'll make sure no matter what location, you don't have to read that novel of a menu. <laughs> like, we'll just give you the best stuff, the best stuff on the menu, and it's one sheet, and you know what you like, and you don't have to sit there and sift through it yeah. while the waiter or waitress just looks at you like, come on. Okay, so there's those gift cards. A mm -hmm. PS4, what? A, a Ford Focus hatchback? <laughs> Is that enough? I mean, well, I mean, he's not going to fit in one of those. Okay. You so, know. Myers Leonard, uh, 10 grand in cheesecake gift cards, <laughs> uh, Ford Focus, a PS4, uh, an above ground pool. Are yeah. you taking him? Yeah, sure. I'll take that. You would take all that? Yeah. Man, <laughs> I feel like you got to get something else for him. 
Maybe throw in a pack, I mean, a pack of cigarettes. Like a, uh, uh, what do they call like them? Dave's lights. Yeah, like I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes. What is it when it, is a carton? Like, carton, yeah, it's yeah, like, 10 like packs. the long roll of it. Mm-hmm. Like, give me ten of those from Costco with the above ground pool Ford uh, hatchback, Cheesecake Factory gift cards, and um, a PS4 and Myers Leonard. And you know, I'm the Orlando Magic, and I, I go okay. Throw then, throw in a Costco dog, and and we're good. A Costco what? A Costco dog. What is that? A hot dog. Oh, hot. I thought you meant an actual animal. No. Why doesn't Costco sell dogs? Uh, Did I just blow your mind? <laughs> Why doesn't Costco sell dogs? <laughs> I think, you know, those kinds of things are sort of, you know, frowned upon. Walk away days. with like eight dogs. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't need all these dogs. What am I going to do with all these schnauzers? Just barking. I don't need all these dogs. I just wanted one, but the price was too good. <laughs> How do you say no to that bargain? Yes, there's eight schnauzers. And look, they gave us an above-ground pool. Good Lord. What the hell are we talking about? Uh, well, anyway, I think the whole bully thing with Jonathan Martin, it, it's an interesting study into kind of the life of a pro football player and really how I think their feelings matter more than what we interpret because it's a tough guy's game, right? It's it's rough and tumble. Yeah, you're not supposed to show weakness. No, it's never about weakness. It's never about showing really who you are. And I think that Jonathan Martin's a good encapsulation of somebody who held it all in and didn't really didn't really um, conform to that whole thing. Yeah. Well, and this I, happened. Maybe just, yeah, didn't have an outlet, too. You know what I mean? Sound, I mean, yeah. Sounds, sounds like therapy would have been would have been a good option there if, if, if he weren't, you know, I don't know if he's been in therapy, but. Sounds like he could use it. He could use it. Uh, Sam, the mailman, texts in, throw in some moist towelettes into the deal and you have yourself a deal. Uh, Got to clean up after those wings. Well, where did the wings come from? Oh, that's right. Well, I you mentioned B-dubs. But. So, right. All right. The B-dubs. Oh, well, no. We said the cheesecake we, thing. We, yeah. So now you got to go throw in, what, like 20 grand in B-dubs gift certificates? All right. Coming up next, we predict some of the NBA games for not only the Blazers, but for the weekend. And we also take a look at some of the predictions for the Winter Olympics. You're listening to the Sin and the Saint on the fan. Doesn't this sound like the doors? Yeah, I can see that. Like early doors, not Jim Morrison growing a beard and <laughs> pretending he's a blues artist doors. <laughs> like I would have thought this was a doors song if I didn't look and see this is Sonny and Cher. Yeah, this is a, an interesting pick. Yeah. That's what happens when you're rushed, Jeff. Well, this has been a fun two hours, I would have to say. Absolutely. I hope Luke visits uh, Disney World more. Yeah, right. That's where he was this week. Um, <laughs> a couple things we didn't get to. Just looking at this huge thing. Uh, Adam Silver during NBA All-Star Weekend, he suggested having a playoff reformat. Uh, saying that, you know, let's just take the best 16 teams, order them, doesn't matter, East or West, just order them down and say... Well, now, what they did say was that it would still be, you would still take the top eight teams from each conference yes, and yes. then reseed them that way. Yes. So, it, you you know, you were not going to wind up with like 12 West teams and mm-hmm. four from the East. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the advantages there, top teams play top teams. You could have the possibility where Rockets and Wizards would actually, or I'm sorry, Rockets and Warriors would actually play themselves in the yeah. finals. Well, and if LeBron James ever goes to the West, I think you can count on that happening. Yes. Uh, Disadvantages, of course, uh, travel, uh, because, you know, you could have a thing where the 
Wizards play Portland in the second round. Yeah, and, that was brought up as a as a as a as an issue yeah. the other day. Uh, the other thing was uh, twenty of the teams, twenty of the uh, leagues, thirty teams would actually have to vote to approve it. So you can believe those coastal teams like the Wizards, like the Blazers. I'm sure even the uh, Golden State Warriors would say no, thank you. So uh, that was something that we missed. Uh, a couple of more. Hold on, I'm looking at this here. A couple more of your Myers Leonard. Uh, trade scenarios. If we were to trade him to San Antonio uh, from the 971, Myers Leonard and a pallet of adult diapers for LaMarcus Aldridge. That's just piling on. You, sir, are bitter. I don't want LaMarcus back here anymore. I don't either, and I don't care. Why does everybody hate? Why did we boo him? Oh, I yeah. forget. I believe I believe he was heartily booed. Why did we boo? What's like, the especially point? the first time he was here? I think it was about like every time he touched the ball. I mean, we and that's the other one that I don't get. Don't say you want to be the best blazer ever and then just bolt. Is that why? Yeah. I mean, but I feel like by the end we didn't really care for Lamarcus. Well, it, and maybe that's why he left. But I feel like collectively as Blazer fans, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I just feel like we were just kind of over LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, I feel like we didn't care either way if he left. It was just like, oh, whatever. Well, it's because kind of he just made it seem like he didn't really care either way about, you know, much of anything. Yes, except for building a separate home for his sweet kicks. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, palleted diapers. I still say above ground pool would be. I'd take the above ground pool. I would take the above ground pool too. And honestly, there's nothing bad or trashy about an above ground pool. I don't care what anybody tells me. You know, don't come if I invite but you as over. Long to my as it's not made out of like natty light boxes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But don't come over to my house and when I tell you I have a pool and it's above ground and then you're like, oh, where's your pool? And I go, there's is. And they expect a below ground pool. Yeah. What are you too good for my above ground, yeah. above ground then you, pool? Then you don't have to swim in it. Uh, let's take a look at the rest of the Blazers schedule here for the not remaining seven weeks, but, um, just for kind of the rest of the week here, if my computer will load, I know we're playing the Suns. Didn't at the beginning of the season, we had like one of the, uh, top 25 hardest schedules. Uh, well, I guess top 25 out of what? 30 teams. Oh, right. That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> I feel like we had uh, one of the hardest schedules to begin with, but now in this last part of the season, you, you kind of have what you would say possibly a break. So we play the Suns, Kings, uh, Timberwolves without Jimmy Butler now is what I'm right. assuming. Again, we don't know that. He's getting an MRI today, but it looked pretty bad. It was a non-contact. Uh, I can tell you most non-contact in, non-contact injuries, they do not end well. Then you get the uh, Lakers, Knicks, and Golden State. That's a guaranteed win, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to say that out of out of these six games, I say we go four out of six. All right. Maybe sure. dropping one uh, in Minnesota, possibly dropping that OKC, OKC game. Though we have played pretty well against OKC here. Um, yeah, I don't know. This playoff push is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how we position ourselves because at this point right now we're playing the Warriors, but you got to believe the Warriors are going to turn it on, get that first place spot. Mm. I want to try to get that sixth spot where we play the Spurs, and I, I think we could take advantage of what they have going on. I know it's the Spurs and it's the playoffs, yeah. but with no Kawhi Leonard. Well, they're projected, I think, only win like 48 games or so too, which would snap yeah. like an 18-season run of 50-plus wins. And I think we're only a half game behind by tiebreak um, from what's-their-face in sixth, Denver? Uh, 
Well, yeah, they're they're tied with Denver. Yeah. But Denver currently has the two to one season edge, I believe. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we'll position ourselves. We're only uh, a game and a half out of third. Oh right, yeah, because the West is friggin'. Yeah, it's just it's a jumble. It's a it's a jalopy on a crazy road. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Center and the Saint. We're going to come back next week. Luke and I will be here. Jeff, thank you so much for doing this with me. Hey, thanks for having me. I love having you. <laughs> and I love you. Oh, Schmoopy. Is that from Fall Guy? Schmoopy? Yeah. No, that's a Seinfeld thing. Oh. You are listening to Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 